Are we headed for a trade war or is the Trump administration playing 4D chess in this whole trade situation? Hello and welcome to the Point of View podcast. I'm Chris Berg. Thank you so much for joining us. We have got some incredible, I mean incredible insight and information for you today about what's happening with these trade agreements, these trade negotiations. We start today's podcast. Uh, recently, our DC Bureau, Peter Zampa, had a great interview with U.S. Commerce Secretary Wilbur Ross. And Wilbur Ross comes out in this interview and basically says, look, Mexico needs NAFTA a lot more than we do. He also gives you a great update on China trade negotiations. He was in China recently and what it really means for our soybean producers here in the heartland. Also, Senator Heidi Heitkamp took some North Dakota ag leaders over to the Mexican embassy uh, this week to meet with the Mexican ambassador and other Mexican leaders to talk about trade and NAFTA, where those negotiations stand. And Congressman Kevin Kramer shares his update, his thoughts on the Trump administration trade strategy and what it really means for our outstanding farmers. We just spoke with some North Dakota farmers today who are a little bit uneasy with things that are happening in this country as it pertains to the tariffs. Now, what message are we sending these farmers with a potential trade war? Well, the purpose of the tariffs that the president has put in is to level the playing field for all Americans, for farmers, for industrial workers, for everybody. Along the way, there will be some pushback from these foreign countries that have been getting spoiled for years and years and years. But they're going to have a very hard time replacing most of our farm products. If you remember, a while ago they were all talking, oh, we're going to cut off your soybeans. Well, you know what? They're finding it very, very hard to find a substitute for the huge amount of soybeans that we're selling. Take China. Brazil is 55 or 56 percent of their soybean imports. We're about 31, 32. What does that mean? It means for Brazil to replace us, they'd have to increase their exports to China 60 percent. Well, guess what? If they could do that, they'd be doing it already. They're not holding back just to restrain us. So a lot of these threats aren't going to turn out to be so real. They aren't going to be so real for another reason. Let's say Brazil did shift some of its product from Japan or another country it was selling to China. The Japanese still are going to want those soybeans. So instead of buying them from Brazil, they'll buy them from us. So at the end of the day, these hits to the farm belt are not going to be anything like as bad as they're being portrayed. The foreign countries are trying to politically pinpoint the states to put maximum pressure on so that we can't prevail and level the playing field. Now, some farmers might hear you say that, but they don't have any evidence that this is going to be true for them in the future. How do you put them at ease with, this, with the uncertainty that is looming right now? Well, we're in an uncertain world. We've been in an uncertain world for quite a while. But this is an administration you should judge by its results. And the results are pretty darn good. And everybody said he couldn't get a tax cut through. Well, he did. $3.2 trillion to American families over the life of the bill. That's a huge amount. More jobs, almost 3 million jobs created since he came in. Nobody thought that was possible. Economy growing at 3%. 
famous democratic economists were saying impossible. They're stuck at one and a half or two percent like Obama was. People have to understand that you have to do tough things to get big results. He's doing the tough things, he's getting the big results. Give him time and you'll see your fears will eventually go away and things will be better. Mexico slapped $3 billion uh, tariffs on $3 billion of uh, American goods. Is this sort of a low point for this relationship right now, NAFTA? Well, Mexico needs NAFTA more than we need NAFTA. Pre-NAFTA, we used to have in America four to five billion dollars a year trade surplus with Mexico. Guess what the cumulative deficit we have with Mexico alone is since NAFTA? One trillion dollars with a T. So you tell me who needs NAFTA more, us or Mexico? You recently had a meeting with uh, the Chinese. You were in China, correct? Uh, right. Can you can you tell us how our current relationship is with China coming out of that meeting? Well, it's a work in progress, just as it has been for quite a while. We made some progress on goods and services, but the big issue with China is the intellectual property, technology transfers and their effort to dominate the future of technology globally. That hasn't been fixed yet, and we have to fix that, because things like steel and aluminum deal with the world as it is today. Technology deals with the world as it will be in the future. We must fix both the world of today and the world of the future. And a demonstration of that is in June, our patent office, which is part of the Department of Commerce, is going to issue its 10 million patent. No country in the world has ever produced anything like 10 million patents. That's how important our intellectual property is. That's how important technology is to our future. I'm sure you were aware before going, but when the president did slap tariffs on China just before your meeting, how much harder does that make your job in those meetings? Well, it makes it hard, but it it's, makes it easy in a different sense. China and all of our other trading partners have been spoiled for years because nobody has pushed back on them. It's ridiculous that the tariff on American cars into China until recently was 25% versus our 2.5%. That's not a very reciprocal, it's not a very free trade, it's not fair, and it's not going to continue. They've already now agreed to knock it down to 15. That's still too high. It's still not reciprocal. But at least we're starting to change the direction. So that leads me to my next question. Does it seem like compromise is in sight, or does it seem like the tough talk will continue? You never have a deal on anything until you have a deal on everything. So it's way too early to tell. But I'll tell you what, we have really gotten into their consciousness, and not just China. Europe, it's very similar. Mexico, Canada, we've got problems all over the place. And it may seem like taking on a lot all at once. Problem is, we are so far in the hole, so many hundreds of billions of dollars in the hole, we've got to move on a lot of directions all at once to fix it and bring the jobs back. Are you always in agreement with the president's sort of real estate style negotiating tactics? 
Well, he's become a multi-multi-billionaire through those tactics, so I think it's pretty hard to question. And it's also proven that it's starting to work. People complained about the way he related to Congress in the tax bill. It worked. So it's a different style, that's true. But judge this administration by its results, not by interim complaints. And its results right now are a trade war. Is that going to be okay for, for this administration no, moving forward? Three billion dollars in the overall economy is a rounding error. We're almost a $20 trillion economy. So the three billion that you mentioned that Mexico put tariffs on is infinitesimal in the overall scheme of things. Now, it's painful to the individual targets, and the president has directed the agriculture secretary to use all the powers at his disposal to try to ease things for the farmers. Farmers have been in bad shape for several years because commodity prices have gone down. There's been a real problem with commodity prices. That's a background situation that's hard to fix. But lowering the trade barriers will help because what's happening, a lot of these countries are subsidizing their domestic farmers. The corn growers in China and places like that are very inefficient, but they're subsidized. Because they're being subsidized, it hurts the market for us and it drives prices down here. So either we're really going to try to fix this and make a major correction, or it's going to be business as usual and there's no way to fix it. Secretary. We're going to go the activist route. I appreciate it. It is seeming like we're now in a trade war with Mexico. How was this meeting with the Mexican ambassador today? You know, it didn't feel like a trade war when we were sitting around the table visiting with our producers and visiting with um, the Canadian or the Mexican officials. And so I, I would say that we don't want to overstate where we are right now. There obviously are deep concerns, but this was an opportunity. Uh, you know, trade's a product of trade. Uh, agreements and what we're talking about here, you know, government to government relationships, but it's also a product of relationship to relationship, grower to cannery, grower to user, you know, across border. And so what we wanted to do with this meeting is say, yes, these are maybe things beyond our control that, that we might do this differently, but we want from North Dakota's uh, uh, farmers and ranchers perspective, we want you to know how important and critical this relationship with Mexico is to us and that we want to continue to build on the, the trade relationship we already have. And so it really, the, the purpose of the meeting was to better understand Mexico's position right now vis-a-vis -vis NAFTA and the, and the tariffs, but also to um, reinforce um, the friendship and the relationships that we have because uh, we don't want to just maintain our, our, um, our, our trade opportunities there. We want to grow our trade opportunities there. So was there an optimistic tone at the end of the meeting that something will get worked out despite you not really having any control and the president right. doing what he's doing? I think, I think this idea of this is dire and everything's going to fall apart would be an overstatement based on what we saw. I think we saw a very um, uh, methodical, uh, professional uh, Mexican embassy who is working through these problems. Um, uh, uh, good news in terms of um, uh, transition with the new Mexican government, which we anticipate will be elected in, in July. Um, and just talking about how will that work, how can we help facilitate 
ongoing dialogue even with the, with the New Mexican administration. We, we, we left with, I think, a, a lot of good uh, um, friendship uh, feelings, but also left with a sense that even though we're at this impasse, we could get through it by the end of the year. So what happens if they go beyond the three billion that they just slapped on and come after North Dakota? Well, I think at this point, um, we're doing everything that we can to um, uh, let Mexico know that we are trying to be trade compliant, that we are doing everything we can to maintain our NAFTA relationships. And I don't anticipate that that's going to be a target of, of, the, uh, of the retaliation at this point. The uncertainty doesn't help anyone right now. Well, uncertainty is never a friend to investment, but bad certainty isn't really a good thing either. So I, I think you have to give this president a lot of credit for using the tools and the leverage that he has at his disposal to try to get a better deal for American business, including American farmers. The problem is when you, when you have a long game plan and there's short -term, you know, potential short-term pain, we don't have a very high pain threshold in the United States of America. That said, I don't think anybody can deny that this president has made some pretty big strides, particularly with China. And I think, you know, with regard to the 232 tariffs, for example, China is the target as much as anything, along with national defense. Right. And now, obviously, we saw this $3 billion on U.S. goods from Mexico. Um, sure. Some, some, of our, some of our farmers in North Dakota are saying we can't afford to lose that relationship, and that just seems to be the direction it's headed right now. Oh, I don't think that's the direction it's headed at all, as a matter of fact. From everything I pick up at the White House, and I was there a good deal of time yesterday talking to people that are in the negotiation, it sounds to me like our relationship with Mexico is getting better, that in fact a deal could be struck with Mexico, you know, apart from NAFTA, a deal could be struck with Mexico pretty, pretty quickly that would be more advantageous for American farmers. Again, the uncertainty of not knowing what the, what, you know, what's going to be the signed deal creates some anxiety, and I have some concern about that. But I also would rather stand with American farmers than stand with Mexican farmers while our country's in the middle of a negotiation. Right. So, so what, is, what is, from what you hear in the White mm -hmm. House, what are they trying to get out of this? What, is, what are some specifics we can give to our farmers sure. to ease these concerns? Sure. Well, it's very comprehensive, Peter. Obviously, when you're talking about a trade deal, it's not a, it's not a tit-for-tat type of a thing. It's access to markets. Um, so. We're looking and we're asking for, and I think they're open to providing you know, even more access to their market for our products, but obviously at the same time, we expect certain things like uh, raising of their wages. You know, we, we don't think it's appropriate that they should be able to exploit cheap labor to compete with our industries in the United States of America. I know that's a, a major factor for the president in negotiating with, with uh, well, all of our trading partners, but particularly with Mexico, because it gives them a market advantage in the global marketplace. Um, there's, you know, there's other discussion about, um, you know, country of origin or rules of origin of various things. Uh, we want to make sure that that American products are preserved and that the branding of American products are preserved. That that, you know, the integration of you know, of um, the value chain, if you will, between Mexico and the United States is, um, you know, is clearly identified. So there's a lot of things just outside. It's not like a tit for tat. Like I said, it's, it's more complicated than that when you're doing a trade deal. But again, I don't think Mexico, I think the bigger, frankly, the bigger challenge for us right now is Canada, not so much Mexico. And Canada is a, you know, very important trading partner of ours, 
obviously. They're very important to our integrated value chain, whether it's livestock or grain um, or, you know, Canadian bacon or whether it's um, automobiles. It's, uh, it's, a, it's a bit more complex and they're playing a little bit more of a, um, you know, stronger defensive position right now from my understanding. Right, because they're planning on those tariffs of, uh, was it 25 billion for July 1st? Yep. But so all these, so all these numbers they can throw out right now. Obviously, we're going to have the GC seven summit. That's we'll right. See what comes That's that. right. We'll see. What so, so really, a lot of this is to try to get rid of this deficit that we have. Uh, Wilbur Ross told me yesterday. Mm -hmm. Secretary Wilbur Ross told yes. me yesterday we're about at a trillion deficit with with Mexico. So if we go to the negotiating negotiating table, obviously the goal is to get rid of that deficit. Yeah. Right? Well, I think the deficit's one issue. Trade deficits are one issue, but I don't think that's. In my view, that's never been the, the major issue. I don't see any reason why you can't have you know, gains and improvements without erasing the deficit. Maybe you, you shrink it, and, and it's certainly with a country is, is the size of, of Mexico, we shouldn't have a $1 trillion trade deficit. On the other hand, if we can sell more products to them that helps our economy and helps theirs, and if we can open up some of our markets theirs, whether it reduces the deficit or not, but increases the economic opportunity, to me that's the, the bigger issue. Canada is a little different animal because, of course, Canada, we don't have that big of a deficit. In fact, you know, on, on certain products we have a surplus and on other products we have a, a slight deficit. In the end, it's pretty close to even. So the deficit's not the issue. The, the issue is what can we do that's mutually beneficial to both of our economies. But with regard to 232 tariffs specifically, which relates to, the, you know, that's the authority the president has under national defense as the commander-in-chief. And that's where a lot of the steel tariffs come from. And, and whether it's a part of NAFTA or whether it's part of some other trade deal, it's all related to the positioning, I believe, that our president is using to create leverage to get a better deal for the United States of America. And um, he's got that legitimate authority. He ought to have that legitimate authority. Future presidents ought to have that legitimate authority because um, a nation's economic security is directly related to their national security. And when it comes to certain things like steel and aluminum that are very important in armaments or literally in the time of war, um, you know, that, I think that makes perfect sense. As long as it's not abused, you know, as long as it's not abused. How big do you think this issue is for your, for your campaign, obviously big campaign? Good policy is the best thing for for good politics. Um, I would expect, and I, and I have great confidence, that, that these things will be resolved prior to a November election. Um, I, as I said, we, you know, along with all the anxiety that's created by the uncertainty, and I understand it and I share it. I'm personally not a big tariff guy. I think tariffs are, but I do think tariffs are a legitimate trade tool, but they're a lousy trade weapon. So as a tool for short-term negotiations into the long game, you know, I'm okay. Uh, but it, we can't have this linger, not, for, not because of my election in November, but because we need our industries to, be, to have that certainty that you, you speak of, that certainty that attracts further investment and job creation. We have, a, we have a roaring economy right now. For the first time, probably in my lifetime, if not longer, we have more job openings than we have unemployed people in this country. So we have a roaring economy. We're looking at perhaps, uh, you know, consistently 3% GDP growth, probably 4% this particular quarter. Um, so, you know, we have a good thing going. Some people say, well, let's not stop that momentum by having th these trade disputes. And other people might say, let's use this momentum to get an even better deal for the United States consumer as well as the United States uh, worker and, and businesses. So um, back to your point, 
the effect on the election, that's not what I think about. I think about what's the best deal for American workers, North Dakota producers, and, uh, and the uh, North Dakota consumers. That, I think, is yet to be determined. Um, but I don't think, I think, I, I look at myself as, a, as an, a citizen of the United States, as a representative in the United States Congress. It is my highest priority to stand with the United States in these negotiations, not stand with other countries. Perfect. Oh, thank you.